Today on the program, I'd like to find a little bit of balance. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Yesterday on the Monday edition, we we covered a number of issues that were on my mind. And and I want to go back to some of the things we talked about yesterday. But I was thinking this morning before I prepared today's program. We absolutely today live in a world totally out of balance. It's like a three-ring circus. I mean, it is literally a three-ring circus. Send in the clowns. I, I was looking and thinking about some people that I know around the country, some I haven't even thought about in several years, and how they've responded to the events in our world today. I'm not talking just about the pandemic. Well, I've got a few things I think you'll find interesting. I do want to share on that. But the world overall, we live in a time of unprecedented fear. I don't think, I really don't think my parents or grandparents had as much fear about the future of their lives during the Second World War as many of us today have who are taking a close look at the world around us today. And how do we find that balance? My wife posed an interesting question to me the other day. Now remember, in what I have to do in preparing this program, I'm finding myself out of balance personally myself. I have to read a lot of material. To do a radio program like this, you have to read and study and double check and triple check and feel confident. I need to feel a level of confidence that whatever I'm sharing with you is not just merely opinion, but has some real basis in fact. I need to sort through the noise of the media. If you're really honest, if you're intellectually honest, There is a driven narrative today, and I don't care if it has has to do with politics or medicine or a lot of other things, even so-called science. The agenda is more important than the factual information. Let me just say that again so it, it really rings true to you. The agenda today has become vastly more important than the science and the facts of any particular given topic or matter. I don't care if it's climate change. I don't care if it's the virus. I don't care if it is the outcome of an election. Name your topic. There's an agenda. And if you don't adhere to the agenda, well, the thought police are all over you. They do their best to shut you down, to keep you out of balance. They're people that I've known for several years. I consider these people reasonable individuals who have the capacity to think. Yet from fear and being at a certain age, they have bought into every every line about how to protect yourself from this virus that has come down the pike. It doesn't matter how many times the narrative has been changed, it doesn't matter at all. And trust me, you know if you've paid attention, the narrative has changed 
day by day, week by week, month by month. Yet people are wanting to get back to normal. A whole year, a whole year of draconian lockdown. Some states a lot worse than others. Places like New York where you find St. Andrew Cuomo the Pious, who is their governor, doesn't take responsibility for anything he does. Right down to his, shall we say, poor behavior with women. Oh, first guy to say you must believe all women when it's politically savvy for him to say so until until he's the guy. Then it all changes. You look at New Jersey, look at New York, look at Connecticut. These states imposed horrific lockdowns. And they were going to show the world. CNN said, look, look at Governor Cuomo. We need a leader like him. We need to do things just like New York. And then they have one of the highest deaths per thousand of any state in the the union. And we're talking states that are larger than New York with population did vastly better. We learned one thing. The lockdowns didn't work. Yet, what is the weapon of choice? And I'm using that word carefully, weapon. Many of these narcissistic, power-craving, retrobate-minded governors are enjoying this power. I don't think they really care about your health as they care about their control and power. They use the pandemic to influence an election. They have used this pandemic to get control over your personal lives, where you can go, what you can do, what you can say. And I really think they're enjoying every bit of it. You know, Governor Newsom in California, remember, you know, he goes to a dine-in restaurant. No social distancing, no mask wearing. But see, rules for thee and not for me. Governor Whitmire in, in Michigan, and I know I've got some listeners in Michigan, and, and, and brothers and sisters up there in Michigan, I really feel for you. Governor Whitmire has proven herself to be inherently evil. Her people saying, two-year-olds, I said it yesterday, two-year-olds wearing a face mask? What kind of insanity is this? Somebody said, I wonder what would happen if somebody, you know, threw some holy water on on Governor Whitmire. Look what you've done! Okay, okay, I know I, I'm being a little bit over the top. No, I'm not. Really, I'm, I'm actually very serious. I've watched that particular governor and a few others over the past year. In the work that I did a year ago and the few months that I spent back in emergency management, I had my fill of reading and studying and getting to to the bottom line of the information we were to distribute to the general population. And I got to the point that I had to challenge much of the information that I was being asked to disseminate because it didn't add up. The numbers were out of balance. Now, I didn't want to get too much into this story right away. I've got a few other things I really want to share with you. And, and I know that toward the end of the week, 
we're going to move away from the virus and and all the nonsense that's attached with it. Do I believe that COVID-19 can be deadly for some people? You bet. Can it be infectious for some people and many people? Absolutely. Is it the major killer that we were led to believe in a few moments? I'm going to give you some numbers to show you, no, it never was. Yet, that's what the media told you. And that's why people believe in fear. And then people like the Governor Whitmires, who are evil to the core to begin with. Nobody that is not evil demands somebody that is two years of age be walking around, drug around, wearing a face mask. Number one, it's not healthy. Number two, it's not needed. Number three, it's not scientific. Number four, it's psychologically oppressive. But that's the same governor that said last year, well, you can go to the, you know, the, you can go to Walmart or you can go to Home Depot, but you can't buy seeds or garden tools to plant food in your yard. Now, what does that have to do with a pandemic? Nothing. But she exercised her evil, and I'm going to say it, sorry, witch-like power over your life. She didn't care about you and your health. If she did, she would have backed off a lot of the mandates she has done over the past 12 and 13 months. Because she's been, like a lot of other blue state governors, consistently wrong. Why is it that only, you know, the lockdown crazy, freedom-denying states seem to have the biggest case number issues? Notice I said case number. And they go into panic mode. Look, up in Canada, Ontario. What is it? Uh, The guy, last name is Ford. He's your guy up there in Ontario province. They want to make sure you stay locked in your home. Ooh, you might face a $750 fine. If you're caught outside, even with family members, this is ridiculous. Thankfully, most of the major police agencies in Ontario have just about had enough of this nonsense too. They're beginning to look like stormtroopers in a lot of areas. You know, I shared with you the audio of a a pastor that had survived Poland and the communist, and he's in Canada. And there, I think it was like during Holy Week, you got all these police officers with their face mask on and, and public health officials cr- crashing their service. He threw them out, said, get out. You're not wanted here. He understood totalitarianism because he was raised in it in Poland. He knows what it means to put your faith on the line. Too many of Christians today have no clue what it really means to to stand for your faith. And surprisingly and wonderfully, they all backed down and kind of crawled away and let them worship in peace. I've seen friends of mine, people that I know, they're all for shutting down worship services to stop the spread of COVID-19. Do we do that in any flu season? Of course not. Never have. Oh, but Bob, COVID is different. What what makes it different? 
What makes it different? Well, 500,000 people in America have died. All right, let me give you some numbers right now. Remember, way back February of last year, when I first got the call, what I consider coming out of retirement to help in the information dissemination and planning in a large county, I was given some very scary numbers that, you know, if they were true, they would be just catastrophic. You know, we're talking three million or more dead before the end of June. And if we did some major stuff, we might, you know, cut that by a million, get it down to like two million people by June. Well, the truth was that we hadn't even hit 100 and some 120,000 by then dead, supposedly. Supposedly dead, 120 some odd thousand, not not 2 million, not 3 million. You know, if you extrapolate the numbers that were predicted by June and then by the next winter and then by now, you know, if this was going to stay on target, we would have something like 16 to 20 million people would have supposedly died of COVID-19. We've done everything in this nation, destroying the economy, families, businesses, lives, mental health. We've done all this based on the assumption that, oh, by now we would have 15 to 20 million dead people. We don't. But, Bob, it's 500,000. Is it really? One thing we do know, there are some excellent, reputable doctors. And these are not, you know, what I call quack websites, weirdos. These are people that are actually putting their medical licenses and reputations on the line because they can't stand the lying any longer. And they've been looking at these cases for quite a long time. And I remember this specifically, March 24th, 2020. I remember that day for one reason. Some memos came in to all emergency management personnel, health department personnel, and what have you, about the new standards coming into play on how we count COVID deaths. Remember, this is this is March of last year, you know, basically 13 months ago. And for the first time in about 17 years, they they made a radical change, not a minor change, a radical change to the standards of how a death is counted. Now, I'm going to make this as quick and simple as I can without getting into a whole lot of minutia and detail. Over the years, of course, the guidelines have been updated a little bit, but not a radical change. They had a radical change 13 months ago. On the death certificate, used to be you put down cause of death and on line one, and then there's a line two where you start putting in all the other contributing factors. The, for example, 2004, when my first wife passed away, number one reason she died, that she died of, was, you know, was cancer. And then it showed where the cancer had been and other things that had gone downhill and organs damaged along the way. But in essence, she was considered, she died because of cancer. Had she not had the cancer, all these other things that came into play would have never been the source of her death. 
Well, that all changed. Now, if there was even assumed a COVID-19, and remember that word, even assumed, no test required, assumed, you put that on line one. And the fact that the person was a hospice patient, stage four cancer patient, had major heart issues with a very short life expectancy because of those heart issues, elderly, failed kidneys, failed liver, failed anything else, even prior to the corona virus. Now, remember this. This is you could have long term liver disease. You're dying of liver disease. And somehow they assume you contracted COVID-19. You became a COVID death, not a kidney failure or liver failure death. This has never been done before. If you go back, if you go back, if you use the original standards prior to, you know, the original standards prior to March the 24th of 2020, you would take the 160,000 fatalities by the month of, uh, you know, whatever it was, August of that year, I think. And it comes down to less than 10,000 from, you know, basically, wait a minute. You're talking 7 or 8% of the number? That don't sound right. Something is wrong with this number. And so the 500,000 suddenly now maybe come down to 50,000 or less as of today. Yeah, less than 50,000 that are really, they turned into fatalities only because COVID-19 came into play. Now, I'm going to get into one other thing, and I I was going to do this some other day, but I'm just going to take a moment now to share one more thought. I know of somebody at a younger age that almost died and will have some long-term recovery from COVID-19, and much younger than I am, and there are several factors at play. Number one, when the symptoms first came on, there was literally no treatment for eight days. No intervention for eight days. That person also had type A blood, which, say what you want, the stats prove it. People with type A blood seem to have a more difficult time. I can't explain why, but that's just something observed. This individual's diet, even though he was rather healthy, was extremely deficient in vitamin D. Another known factor that can make life miserable. And where he was at living at the time... Well, some of the treatments, like even President Trump got, were forbidden by their blue-brained governor. You know, their, their idea there is just, you know, ride it out or shove in a ventilator. That's how we treat it here. We can't give any credence to the other methodologies. And that person had to be life-flighted. Had intervention occurred early with known things that work, All of the misery and long-term effects in this particular individual's cases would have been negated. But too much politics. 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 And money have run the COVID show. Like a three-ring circus. And like trained circus animals, we have people that normally had common sense responding on command. 
in fear of their own lives. Oh, I got to get the vaccine. You know, we were sold a bill of goods by Fauci and the vaccine. Let's go. And remember, number one, he said it would never happen in a year. Maybe two, maybe four, maybe 10, maybe never. And then he told us we don't need a mask. Now we need a mask. Now we need a magic mask. Now we need five masks. You know, all this stuff that we've put up with over this past year. The changing goalpost. In the middle of the night, you can hear the sound of them being ripped out of the ground and run down the street. It has been insane. So the way we started counting these deaths in the United States and literally worldwide, and it seems the more leftist a government is, the more they clamp down like Nazi stormtroopers on the people in under, under their thumb. And they don't care about what you lose. They really don't. Remember, the government employee that shuts down your business is still getting their paycheck, their benefits, and their retirement. And those that get shut down oftentimes are not. They frankly don't care. Why should they? One of the reasons I worked briefly for government and then I left it. I didn't like it. I didn't like working for government. It works at a slow speed, and it's very wasteful. Yeah, it is. But I thought for this pandemic, you know, a year ago, yeah, I'll give my skills because I really cared. But as the truth became clear to me on what is going on, I walked out. I'm done. I'm not going to be a part of this circus. I'm not going to be a part of this lie. I know it's a dangerous disease. But isolating and quarantining the healthy is not the way you fight it. Oh, but we have to worry about... No, we worried about a lot of things we've learned we didn't need to worry about. And, and, and now, you know, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube are the medical experts of our world today. If, if they, they will tell you what is the science. They tell you the science on everything. No, if it's Facebook, Twitter and YouTube, it's not science. It's an agenda. It is an elitist agenda. Like I say, I've got a lot on my mind today, and and I wanted to keep the show in balance, and I really didn't want to get into this, but I am going to just share a little bit more on on this issue of COVID. Then I want to move on in the next segment to other things. I had some papers on my desk yesterday and I was going to share, and I never had time. And it kind of starts out with the thought that George Washington said, truth will ultimately prevail where there are plans taken to bring it to light. You know, evil hates darkness. You know it. I know it. The Bible teaches it too. We we, we had all these strange numbers a year ago, none of which ever came true. And with all these fears of a 3% death rate or 3.4% case fatality, we just ramped up everything and started running around with gloves and goggles and hazmat suits and face diapers. And we started messing around with numbers, and thus we were just, well, effectively, even in what I was doing, I'm realizing now it was all a big lie. 
I have to wonder when you, if you could go, if you could roll back the standard that we had prior to the 24th of March, 2020, would we really have 520 or something thousand people or 50? I don't know what it is. I, I stopped looking. Supposedly dead. Is COVID-19 really a brand new and novel virus? I told you yesterday, no, it is not. It is essentially COVID SARS from from 2003 and four, with the father of the virus playing with it. And then we had all this stuff about asymptomatic spread. You might be a carrier. You might kill somebody. You're two-year-old now, according to Gretchen Rittmeyer. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> Forgive me for being, like I say, so over the top, but every time I listen to Gretchen Whitmire speak, and every time I read something she has done, I just... The only word that comes to mind is evil. Purely evil. There's something terribly wrong with what she has imposed on her people. I'm not saying everything, but let's just be... Let, let's dig into this for a second. Sure, a lot of governors in a lot of states did a lot of things, some of which some may regret or not, they may not be so sure about today in the way they responded. They were doing the best they thought they would do at the time. But many were doing things that were never recommended by anybody that had any scientific background or even common sense. Look, when, when Whitmire last year, you can go to the Walmart, you can go to the approved Home Depot, but you cannot buy, you can't buy garden implements or seed for food. That was insane. Why would you stop people from planting a garden at their home to grow food to eat unless you are a cruel and evil individual? None of it made any sense. How did not growing a garden in your backyard stop the spread of COVID-19? Wear a face mask to stop the spread of COVID-19. I told you yesterday I had to fly three times in the last, what, what is it, six, seven months. Not even that now. I think, let's see, October. Yeah, the last less than six months I've had to fly three times. And it's been a total joke. It's been crazy. And now they've gotten, well, you can't wear a face gator. You have to wear the face diaper. You can't wear a bandana anymore. Well, we were told they were great. Now they're not. They, they keep clamping down tighter and tighter, yet the numbers don't back up anything they've ever done. The whole mask-wearing rhetoric is pure evil and unscientific. We were told it would save hundreds of thousands of lives if we all just wore a mask and we stopped the asymptomatic spread, which is doesn't exist. You know, back a year before, you know, back in 2019, even before this pandemic began, enough studies have been done by even the World Health Organization and others. Ten randomized controlled trials concluded something prior to 2019. There is no evidence that a face mask is effective in reducing 
the transmission of influenza, which, by the way, is a miniature little virus. Sound familiar? Did nothing. Only one controlled trial has been conducted on mask usage in COVID-19. And guess what it found? In other words, they bought the same kind of testing back. No difference. No difference. But now we want two-year-olds to wear these shaming masks on their face. Medical masks are wonderful in an operating room where the oxygen level in the room is increased. It is not safe for elderly people to be driving alone in their car with a face mask. You're cutting down your oxygen, period. Period. It's not healthy. Our bodies were not designed to keep reusing and face it. How many people really throw away their face mask every time they go in and out of a store? How many people wear 10 or 12 of those things a day? Not many. You're building a bacteria trap in front of your face. You're increasing your CO2 level in your bloodstream and lowering your oxygen level. Gee, that sounds really healthy, doesn't it? I'm telling you, when something like this is used, and it has been used, and you've got half the people in the United States living in abject fear and believing every bit of baloney coming out of the mouth of anybody on CNN, and they believe everything that Facebook and YouTube and Twitter tells you about the virus, they believe it like it's the gospel itself. We're in deep trouble. We are in deep trouble as a nation being so easily deceived. You know, why is the truth not in us anymore? Well, we'll talk about that in the next segment. And we're going to get away from the virus, but we're going to get, we may get back to it later this week, but I think I've had enough. I've had enough of talking about COVID-19. COVID-19! 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 Let's take a break, and when we get back, I promise we're going to get into some more positive territory. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The mystery of the Afikomen. In a moment. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Today, the Passover mysteries continue. As you probably know, the Last Supper was a Passover Seder. That's basically the same meal that Jewish families keep to this day all over the world. And every Passover contains a special mystery linked to the unleavened bread, the matzah. The leader of the Passover lifts up a plate of three matzahs, so you have a trinity. Then the second matzah of the three is taken out and broken. So the second of the trinity, its body is broken. Then the matzah is wrapped in a cloth like a shroud and hidden away. Later on, the Passover comes to a halt. It can't continue without that sacred broken matzah. So the children search for it, and the Passover can only continue when they find it. It's an important matzah. And it was the same matzah that Messiah lifted up 2,000 years ago and said, This is my body. The matzah has a special name. It's called the afikomen, a Greek word that can mean he who comes. So the afikomen is he who comes, the second of the Trinity, whose body is broken, shrouded in cloth, hidden away, and without which everything comes to a halt and can't continue. Every year, the Jewish people search for the afikomen, and without knowing it, they search for Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. 
And when they find him, the kingdom will come. So pray that they find their bread of life and that you would never lose sight of your afikomen, your bread of life. Because when you lose the afikomen, everything else becomes empty. All joy, all love, all life comes to a halt. But when you keep your afikomen, his presence, in the center of your life, then your joy will be full, your love will continue to flow, and your life will go on forever. Want more? Ask for the Passover Seder. Now, what if I offered you a million dollars? Well, I want to offer you something better than a million dollars, something that'll help give you a strong and victorious life, a free subscription of sapphires, vitamins for your spirit, and the incredible mystery of the temple doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get it? Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. Call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's one 800 Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now the harvest is great. The laborers are few. I invite you to join me in the harvest. You don't need a plow, just an open heart and a pen. And you can reach the unreached peoples of the world. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. That's Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you my friend and Messiah, Ben Elohim, the Son of God. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I'll be thoroughly honest with you, I never intended to spend as much time as I did on the first part of the program on the you-know-what and the WHO and the CDC and numbers and, you know, COVID stuff. But we did, and that's all right, and maybe we can avoid it for the rest of the week. Because on my desk, I have a number of things that I've really wanted to share with you, and I'm going to get into it in this segment. Even have some music I want to share to kind of get our our hearts and minds in the right place. Everything I talked about in the first half of the program, yesterday's program, last week's programs, we're dealing with a very difficult time, especially for those that are people of faith. And I want to share in just a little bit things we need to be thinking about these in these perilous times that whether this is the great tribulation or not, it is going to be a time of tribulation and persecution. And many in the United States are not used to this, not prepared for it, especially in a nation now where the majority of people are no longer true believers in Jesus Christ. We are in a different world today. And really, I I said at the beginning of the program, trying to find a balance. It's easy. I know this from my talk radio days years ago. It's easy to, you know, grab onto the topic du jour, you know, the topic of the day and beat it to death as long as the phones are ringing and people are listening. It's different in this environment. There's this balance of trying to give you the information you're looking for, wanting to hear, and the things you're needing to hear. Sometimes, and I I remember working in Christian radio, somebody said, we need to bring the things that they need to have. Well, if they turn you off, they're never going to hear it. 
How do I find that balance? I've got something to share in just a few minutes that really needs to be shared. You need to hear it. It's actually, while it is scary news, it is also good news. And we need to begin to to think in those terms. Part of this program, Truth to Ponder, is to give you truth, to give you things that are real, give you things that are tangible, give you hope when the world offers none. It's, you know, it's an easy target to look at the Gretchen Whitmires and their evil in this world and, and the Chuck Schumers and the Nancy, I don't care if your baby gets killed in the womb, Pelosi. I'm still a good Catholic and somehow I'm going, you know, unrepentant, I can still get into heaven. And that's not the world we live in today. How many funerals are conducted? Ah, oh, he's in a better place. Really? They did everything to avoid being in the presence of God and knowing more about him all their life, pushing him aside and, and even mocking in many cases. And somehow we disbelieve he was a nice person. He or she is in a better place. I'm telling you something. The Bible is very explicit. The day is going to come that everyone, when they behold him, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess him, King of glory. Now, are you ready? One day we'll stand before you, Lord. There with palm branches in and clothed in white robes. A mighty song voicing your praise. From the mouths of every culture, nation, and tongue, nation, and tongue. Musicians join the congregation, the king takes the stage, and every Song of praise, an orchestra composed of worshippers from every
get so wrapped up in the news of the day, the latest thing that generates fear and worry and concern. Maybe maybe it's Russia and the Ukraine, the economy. All these things weigh heavily upon many of us as we look at our, our world literally flying out of control. I've never seen the likes of this in my life. Maybe things were happening I didn't see. I was too young. Maybe being older has opened my eyes. In addition, I think that our 24-7 news cycle brings more of this into our face every day than at any other time in, in our world's history. We're very much aware. We get so carried away by the news of the day We forget there's an almighty God. We're worrying about our day-to-day existence. Well, what happens if there's an EMP and we lose our power? What happens if this? What happens with that? Jesus spent some time with his disciples, and that's what I really wanted to talk about today. I'll talk about more tomorrow and, and this week. We've got to take a little time away from the news headlines. I think we all know that there are a lot of things which should bring concern, and you should be preparing. Jesus reminded his disciples of the things that would happen soon and happen later. And I'm going to read from Scripture, and I'm going to just bear along with me. I know there's some people that vastly prefer the King James Version. It's a great version. I use it. But in this, to make it very clear and understandable in English, I'm going to use... The New American Standard Bible, 
one of my favorites. And and I know the original, I know this, and I think for many, maybe hearing this for the first time, it'll be rather clear. This comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 24. And many, many believers already are very familiar with this. Jesus left the temple area, beginning at verse 1, and was going on his way when his disciples came up to point out the temple building to him, and he responded and said to them, Do you not see all these things? He goes, Truly I say unto you, not one stone here will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. Now what is Jesus referring to? A lot of us really don't know but I want to share with you what he was talking about at that time. And it's, it is very important that you understand. He was giving the prophecy. He was foretelling the temple in Jerusalem, the great, the great dysphoria of the Jewish people from their land, Israel. It was only a generation after Jesus left this world that the city of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Roman Empire that had enough. And the Jews that had lived there were pushed out all over the world. The great dysphoria, they ended up in Europe. They ended up in Northern Africa. They ended up all over the world for the next 1,900 and some odd years after Jerusalem fell. That's why I have issue with some some preachers and teachers that today are are taking this very strange and hardline view on God's chosen people. And I find it extremely concerning, very concerning, that they are in essence telling you that God is a promise breaker, not a promise keeper. God made a promise, but he decided to change his mind, and he's not going to keep his promise any longer. Well, we can't, we can't have that kind of bad theology coming in like a cancer to the church. So Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, the temple's coming down. And then he also shared some things that I think are very relevant for today. Let's put all the news headlines aside. Let's put all the prophecy predictors aside. I mean, most that choose a date, most that think they have it all figured out, prove over and over again they have nothing figured out. That's a great starting point. They don't have it figured out. And so Jesus tells his disciples, see to it that nobody misleads you. He said, many will come in my name. I am the Christ, is what they will say, and they will mislead many people. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. We're hearing about that even now. We've It's for 1,900 years. This has never ended. And they will mislead many people. And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for these things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. 
But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Now, here's the problem in the United States. For those of us alive today, all of us, we've never as Christians faced persecution, per se, for our faith. It's not, it's not something that we ever had to be concerned about in our lifetimes until now. We never really had war come to our shores after the War of 1812. We had a war within our own shores against our own people. But for all of us, baby boomers in particular, we were born after World War II. We were not here for World War II or the Great Depression like our parents were. Some of our parents even went through and were involved with the Korean conflict. And, of course, all of us that are baby boomers kind of remember the Cold War. And some, sadly, the Vietnam War. But we never, we never saw things coming to our shore. As time progressed and moved forward, the idea of missiles raining out of the sky from the Soviet Union just gradually dissipated. I guess the closest we came was 1962, when I was just a mere young lad. See, these birth pains that Jesus talks about in this first part of Matthew, they're going on. They have been going on. They went on in World War II. They went on during the French Revolution. They've gone on with all the wars that have taken place on the face of the earth. And nothing has changed. The heart of man is still evil. The majority of people were truly never Christian. To say today that we are a Christian nation in the United States for one of the rare times in my life, I do have to agree with something Barack Obama said a number of years ago. We're no longer a Christian nation. Guess what? He's right. We may have been founded on Christian principles. We may have had it as part of our, our history but systematically, for the last 50 years, it's been shoved off to the side. It's been buried. It's been, it's been minimized. And people have found more important things to do with their time. See, Jesus warns his disciples, but not just his disciples. He warns Christians that days can come and will come for many. And here's what he says in verse 9. Then they will hand you over to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by the nations because of my name. And at that time, many will fall away and they'll betray one another. Now look today, my friends. A lot of people have referred to this great falling away. This great falling away of the church. Well, it's been going on for a long time. Many Churches full of people are already falling away inside their building. They rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are apostate mainline churches today that are Christian in name only. The Spirit of God does not live there anymore. The truth of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is devoid. And the power of the resurrection is worthless in those places because they have rejected, they've rejected the Logos, the Word of God. They have reinvented a Jesus, a Messiah, in their own image. And so, 
Many churches, even with people still in them, are totally fallen away. Others have gone into the church of me. All sounds good. Make me feel good. And others have been at least intellectually honest and just deny the faith entirely and walk away. I've seen some some so-called pastors, some of these modern-day megachurch pastors, they wake up one morning and they're so full of satanic wokeism. That's what I call it, wokeism, where they have re- they've decided to reinvent what God's word says on particular issues, and they follow the trend of the world and walk away from the light of God's word. And ultimately, as they get into this wokeism, many have actually said, I am no longer a Christian. I am no longer a believer. And they walk away from, quote, being a church pastor. The great falling away. Lawlessness has increased. Look at the riots in the United States. I'm not saying the United States is the center of biblical prophecy. I, I don't want to go there. But it's just an example of the many things that are going on in our world. You know, now, nowadays, going to church is against the law because of the you, you, the you know what. But burning and looting a building, well, that's we, we need more of that. Lawlessness. People's love has grown cold. They use the word and don't even know what it means. And then he says in verse 13, but the one that endures to the end is the one who'll be saved. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to the nations, and then the end will come. Part of what I do in this this ministry of this radio program, it's not just to give you a chronology of bad news and the fake lies you're being told. I do this part of this program, and that's what I said at the beginning today. I'm going to say it again. The word of the day is balance. How do I balance the bad news? I I don't want to be ever known as the guy that gets in the radio that plays on your fear to keep the program on the air. If I need to do that, then I need to cease the program. What's more important? Scaring you into the faith, it doesn't work, by the way. Or just making sure that I'm letting you know that you're not going crazy when you see the news and you know there's something inherently dishonest and you see what's happening to Christians around the world and now that persecution, I don't care what anybody says, it is coming here to the United States. It's already here. It now runs the majority of our federal government. At least in the legislative and executive branch. It is now taken over. And I wonder sometimes about the judicial as well. How corrupt has it become? And so what Jesus says, you know, his word, the gospel must be preached, and that's part of what this program is needs to be doing more of. That word balance has been on my heart and mind for several days, and I'm trying to discern, even as I'm talking to you. 
And so Jesus reminds them, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. And those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get things out of his house. Whoever's in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. And he goes on, you know, woe to the woman that is carrying a child. It'll be a time of great tribulation. But understand, even if this is not the great tribulation, it doesn't mean we don't have to be as concerned. Let me let me make this as clear as I can, because I'm going to get into this again tomorrow, maybe Thursday. I know some don't hear one of the broadcasts on WRMI. You don't have the Wednesday night at, uh, at 10 o'clock Eastern time. I know a lot of people were working on that. I'm telling you, The church today is a remnant. And also a lot of theology being espoused by formerly very Bible-believing churches. I mean, I've watched this, I've watched this degeneration in a couple of denominations in the last 10 years that is scary. One solid group of believers is now adopting wokeism on many levels. And it shows. On tomorrow's program and Thursday's program, we're going to get even deeper into this. This is something we really need to be discussing, preparing God's people for the time that is about to come. The time is now to prepare. We can talk about the news all we want, but we need to be prepared for the things to come. And I believe the church is woefully unprepared. They've never had to have trial or tribulation. They're not like those in the Middle East or China or other parts of the world where you can lose your life for your faith. Hey, Jesus is coming again, and he's looking for his people, his church. God has a plan, and we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow and Thursday. We really will. I want to thank you for supporting the ministry and mission of Truth to Ponder. If you believe in the work we're doing, would you consider supporting us financially? It would help to pay the airtime bill. And our parent ministry is Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. If you're using a check, that's what you make it out to, Ancient Word Radio. And we're still in Georgia for another 10 or 15 days, but don't worry, the mail will be forwarded. 21 Berkshire Lane, that's 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, Sky Valley, Georgia, and the zip code is 30537. Tomorrow we'll share some good news. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.